recognize it's a level of accountability and hopefully you're at an organization or a company or you're in a space where accountability will happen because if it continues to happen, it needs to escalate. You need to report it. You need to say something. Um, and then of course, the reality is there might be some companies, organizations, spaces where you're like, you guys aren't going to hold these people accountable. So what I won't do is stay here and recognize that might be a season or a time for you to pivot somewhere where you want to feel safe, because I think it's important that we feel safe. We feel respected. The spaces that we, we are in, um, you know, there's a level of protection by leadership and those that are there to support us. Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, like I said, I'm not the same person I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, that does. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you got me here because that's, that's good. So. I feel it was accurate. Like, what, what's your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so All much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have a period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, That's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. As we continue to recognize and highlight women during Women's History Month, I want to bring your attention to Mickey Guyton, another first. She made history ahead of the Grammys as the first Black woman to be nominated for Best Country Solo Performance for Black Like Me. A song inspired by the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, Brianna Taylor and George Floyd. She felt she had this song that was expressing so much of how she was feeling and the feelings of others. And now she has been able to break barriers, shift perspectives, and continue to aid as we push forward to see more representation of women and women of color in multitude of spaces. Thank you, Mickey Guiden. Keep pressing forward and continue to be a door opener. What's up, good people? Welcome to another episode of Internal Fire Presents the Act and Lead series. And on today's episode, I want to bring you a piece and this great opportunity that I had where Shannon Smith, shout out to him at the CEO Within, who allowed me to be on a women's panel and we talked about women-related issues and some great things to allow the audience, those out there that are leaders, those out there that have potential to be door openers, to really understand the perspective of women. So you can be that change maker, that change agent. I have this belief that leaders are change agents. It's not a belief, it's a fact. So I want to give you guys an opportunity to hear this great conversation with us, these two other dynamic women, and shout out again to Shannon Smith for consistently allowing us to have these conversations and being that door opener, allowing women's voices to be heard. So buckle up, get your notepads ready, and let's get into this message. 
those of you that joined last week know that I hosted a men's forum. So this week, ladies, it's your turn. I have three dynamic guests with me here this evening. We're going to cover a lot, a lot, a lot of topics. So ladies, join in the conversation. Fellas, pull up a notebook, grab an ink pen and take notes. Uh, right now, I want to bring my guest to the stage. Uh, first up, I have Miss Alexis Garner. She has 12 years experience as a public servant. She's also the communications director and event planner and owner of Bells and Whistles DC. So let me bring her to the stage at this time. Alexis, how are you doing, ma'am? I am excellent. Thank you for having me tonight. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. Next up. I have Miss Aisha Thomas. She is no stranger to the show. She is an outstanding podcast uh, host as well. She's a leadership coach. She specializes in emotional intelligence. I want to bring her to the stage. Aisha, how are you doing, ma'am? Hey, hey, hey. So happy to be back. <laughs> Glad to have you back. And last but not least, I'd like to bring Miss Connie Samuels. She's an HBCU grad, an avid traveler, full-time professional, and a part-time grad student out there doing it. Miss Samuels, how you doing? What's going on? All right, all right. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody you can join in the conversation and submit your questions and comments at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. One more time, www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. All right, let's get into it. Uh, first up, I'd like you to share with our audience a little about yourself and why women's empowerment is so important to you. And Connie, we'll start with you. All right. Um, so a little bit about me. I am a federal government brat. I moved around quite a bit growing up. Um, my mom works for the federal government, so I consider this area home, but pretty much moved around all of my life. Um, uh, like Shannon mentioned, HBCU grad, um, avid traveler. I'm currently in a part-time MBA program, so that is uh, about to be the death of me. But uh, we're, we're 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 moving on, working on that last letter that A uh, this year. So um, yes, uh, just uh, happy to be here. Um, I I travel a lot. I um, try to uh, be engaged as much as possible uh, in the community. Obviously, uh, COVID is kind of taking that away from me. Being an extrovert, but um, yeah. Yeah, in terms of women's empowerment, um, nothing makes me happier than women helping women. Um, I am in a Greek organization, so uh, sisterhood is something that is the basis of a lot of my interactions with not only my line sisters, but also just in uh, my personal relationships. So. Um, Women's History Month, it is very important and imperative that we help one another, especially Black women, um, in, in our personal endeavors. Nice, nice. All right. Aisha, how about you? What's up, give evil? All right. <laughs> uh, but again, such an honor to be here amongst these uh, amazing women. And again, shout out to Shannon. He's a door opener. Um, and and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but a little bit about me. Um, I reside in the D.C. area, specifically Woodbridge, Virginia. I just relocated here. I'm in the Air Force. Shout out. I think it's on that side. Shout out to my Air Force family. Um, outside of that, I'm a mother of two beautiful children, a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. I um, I serve again in the U.S. Air Force. This is going to be year 18 for me. 
And as outside of that, um, again, you know, emotional intelligence, leadership development is my thing. Um, and the reason why I think women empowerment is so important um, is definitely from the aspect of representation. As, as a survivor of, of a, a lot of trauma and a lot of violence, um, it's a lot of the women that were around me, that wrapped around me and rallied around me that really helped me overcome a lot of the things I experienced. So I think it's so important that women stand side by side with one another, supporting each other, um, helping each other, um, again, following their dreams so they can be examples for younger women and the next generation. So I know what women empowerment did for me. So I think that it's important that we too do the same thing as we usher in these new generations of amazing women leaders. So shout out to the ladies. What up, y'all? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, Ms. Garner, how about you? All right. Uh, thank you for bringing me to the stage, Shannon. Shannon knows he is my fave. I have to put that out there. <laughs> so thanks again. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I am a native of Louisiana. I have been in the DMV for going on 13 years, which is really hard to believe. Um, but I do live in Northeast D.C. I love it here and can't imagine any other place I'd rather be. Um, as far as my career, I do work for the federal government with the Treasury Department, um, going on 12 years there. Uh, so my anniversary moving to D.C. and my work anniversary somewhat coincide. Um, but it's hard to believe I've had 12 years of public service, but I love every moment. I also um, started a small business, Bells and Whistles BC, which we'll probably talk about a little bit more later. Um, and uh, women's empowerment, it is everything. It is, um, it is truly the movement of now and everyone needs to get behind it because women are the future. We are running things um, from the bottom to the top all the way up to my soror, Kamala Harris. I had to plug her real quick. I'll have Alpha Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> and finally, I have three nieces who uh, are here. One is on the way to be born April 6th. So it's very important to me to set that example um, of finer womanhood for my nieces. So thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's jump into it. So, as you just alluded to, we have a new Madam VP. Uh, so my first question for the panel is, how did it impact you to witness the first Madam VP get sworn in? Um, and Aisha, we'll start with you on this one. Um, what a pivotal moment. Um, you know, again, um, one of the areas that I really focus on is, again, um, leadership. And one of the big Ds is diversity, right? And I think for women, it's so wonderful. I talked about representation earlier. I think it's highly important that we see women move into these top tier roles, these C-suite roles, because again, it's representation. It allows us to know what is possible. And seeing that moment where Kamala was sworn in was just such a precious moment because again, you have young girls that are now saying this is possible, right? I might have thought the highest uh, space I could get to was the Senate. Now I can get all the way to vice president. Listen, if, you know, God forbid the president was to pass away, I could be potentially the leader of the free world. Like this is a huge impact. So for me, I think it's such a beautiful moment. And the more you more you see the growth of women getting into these leadership roles and keep pushing forward and saying yes, because, again, we know that all these individuals that are breaking barriers and breaking this glass ceiling, this imaginary, you know, 
you know, these um, walls and these things that um, try to prevent women from moving to different levels, the more you see mo women breaking those barriers and God knows all the things they experienced. Um, again, it just reminds us what is possible. It reminds us to keep going. Someone might have needed that moment that in that that moment, see that moment, and they were about to walk away from that corporate job. And now they're like, you know, I'm going to push forward. There probably was a young woman that was saying, you know what? I don't think I want to continue this business. And now they're going to press forward because of that moment. So, you know, again, for me, it was beautiful, but it also, again, reminded me to keep pressing forward and the power of representation and how that can impact the masses. Nice. Uh, Alexis, what, how did it impact you seeing uh, Madam VP get sworn in? Oh, wow. That was such a huge moment. I cried. I cried tears of joy. Um, I just, I was honestly still in disbelief, even though I voted and saw the election results come in as slow as they, they did. They came in and it was confirmed, <laughs> you know. Um, but for me, what's been hard is there's just been so much, I, I feel like, a distraction away from this real pivotal moment with insurrections um, and then with things that we can't control, a pandemic. Um, so all of that has kind of like, I think, thrown a lot of focus off of how huge this moment really really is so i i always bring myself back i pitch myself i tell myself this is real and you know the young ladies across the world are seeing this and and like vice president kamala harris said she may be the first but she will not be the last so I'm very proud nice nice all right and connie how did it impact you um so i made that day uh, uh event i mean i woke up really <laughs> Um, I ordered breakfast, DoorDash. Um, I was sitting on the couch ready because I knew that this was going to be um, one of these, a moment that I would remember forever. Uh, and it's, it's funny how we're still getting these first accolades uh, within the Black community in 2021. Uh, so I knew that this was going to be something uh, uh, stitched in my mind for a, a, a long time. Um, Going back to what my fellow, fellow panelists have mentioned in terms of representation, and you think of on a smaller scale, uh, how little um, interactions or you seeing someone that looks like you in certain spaces uh, influence your life and influence other decisions that you make. And to think about um, what uh, Kamala accomplished and in this, in this environment and time, uh, it, it certainly uh, was influential on on many facets and, and to young girls and, and old women uh, or women alike. So I'm I'm just happy that we were able to um, witness that, and it was something that we'll we'll never forget. Definitely, definitely. And shout out to the the whole D nine. Like y'all just took over social media completely. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all made sure people would devote. You made sure people were registered in the first place. Like the celebration, y'all just completely took over. So shout out to all of you all as well. All right. Uh, next question is: What are some ways that women can continue to build unity and sisterhood to further the multiple movements for rights and equality? And um, Connie, we'll start with you on this one. Sure. So. Um... I think we are doing a very good job of uh, being on the same page and working towards a 
a uh, larger goal. We know that there are many organizations, um, many um, focuses that we have, but the overall understanding is that we want to uh, move women forward and put us in spaces and places that are continually going to break barriers for uh, our, our group. So um, it is something that's imperative that we have to uh, be at the forefront, um, uh, ensuring that we are uh, making our voices heard, uh, fighting on behalf of, of our, 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 our fellow women um, and speaking up when, when we see inequalities in our fellow sisters um, um, not being treated right or not being given the, the just backing that they deserve. Um, so I, I think we're, we're doing very well when it comes to uh, being on the same page and, and understanding that we have work to do and um, it, it can't, it, it has to ensure that we all speak up um, when it's our, our time to, to make our voices heard. All right, Alexis, what's your take on this question? Sure, I would say um, that everyone should just, you, you have to start where you are, right? We can affect change immediately uh, with those around us. And so I think of it in my position, you know, as a leader um, in my organization, um, there are other women that work with me. Um, we have intern level um, uh, people in my office and things like that. And I'm like, how can I um, extend opportunities to them to grow and mentor them and educate them? You know, so you can start there. If it's within your community, you can reach out to young women, provide opportunities that way, find organizations that align with your interests um, and, and just jump in. There's, there's no reason why you can't affect change today in a pandemic, anytime, you know? So I would say um, just aggressively look for those opportunities um, and pay it forward. You know, someone was there for you and someone lent a helping hand needed, gave you that advice that got you to your next level. So be really cognizant of opportunities to do the same for other women. So I think that's, that's one approach. Nice, nice. All right, Aisha, what's your take on this one? Yeah, I think it's important to uh, create strategic partnerships as well. I think that, um, you know, coming together as in, with and taking our um, areas of expertise and coming together uh, for a collective mission. Um, it's just like, you know, these assessments out there that I talk about all the time. You have people who have different behavior styles. Um, they have different strengths. So I think that as women... Um, we might be, there might be someone gifted in the speaker area, I mean, uh, part, right? So they're the one that uh, uh, gets the messaging and they're the face of the, you know, maybe the issue or they're the ones, they're the communication strategist, right? You might have somebody that's great at event planning. You might have somebody that's great at uh, policy. Um, you might need like a lawyer. So I think that there's so many um, benefits in partnering and coming together for a, a collective cause. Um, and the more that we can continue to, to again, um, unite and come together, and there's just so much power in voices, so much power in collectives, because of course you have organizations that have different focal points and different missions, but it's just like when you can rally people together for the same call, like cause like we saw with voting. 
wow, like what a change, right? Look at what you can do by getting everybody together and pushing them forward to vote because, you know, your vote is powerful, your voice is powerful, and it can literally change the whole structure of a governmental system that's going to benefit the masses. So the more that we can partner, um, tap into our strengths, utilize our different strengths to come together for these causes, um, you know, again, if it's creating spaces where, you know, young girls can understand STEM and and get into these other um, um, spaces, or if it's um, more leadership roles, if it's policy related so women can get more access, the more we can come together to do that, I think we'll be able to really usher in a lot more change. Definitely, definitely. All right. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Successes Within Reach podcast, season two, episode nine, a queen's perspective, as we have three queens giving us their perspective on life. We're getting ready to take our first break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back, welcome back. All right, our next question. This one, uh, hope it doesn't get anybody, you know, too, too amped up, uh, but we need to talk about it because it does happen and it needs to be checked. Uh, what are some good strategies for handling microaggressions and male chauvinism in the workplace? Uh, and Alexis, we'll start with you on this one. Ooh, I think we all encounter those <laughs> more frequently than we would, would like to, right? Um, but yeah, you know, I think that we, we're all becoming a jacks of new trades being um, in sort of like a work from home atmosphere. It seems like more coming at us. And so um, when you're in communication with people via email or calls and things like that, the more opportunities there are for these type of microaggressions and things like this to arise. So um, try not to have what I call fingers and um, right back immediately. I try to like take a step back that's the situation, <laughs> get my thoughts together and then respond because, you know, sometimes I can catch that little like neck in my email, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where I have a little bit of like a, a, a reactive response, but, um, you know, I try to just measure my reaction to it and then craft a response, but I'm going to check it every time. It's not okay. Um, and when, because when I come to work, I'm trying to present myself in as professional a manner as possible. And there's already a stigma as a black woman that we can be attitudinal, are difficult and things like that. So unfortunately I have to calibrate my response a lot of times to avoid that stigma. Um, but at the same time, I'm not gonna let those type of things go unchecked. So I just think taking a step back and figuring out how you want to react to it um, and then move forward. But definitely when, when someone's coming at you like that, you have to check it. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Connie, what's your take on this one? So um, I've been in spaces where I'm, I can pretty confidently say I'm the only person of color that my coworkers probably interact with um, on, on a daily basis, not seeing people, don't see um, black people, but in, in terms of uh, personal interactions and conversations. Um, so I've, I've had, um, many conversations or side conversations where, uh, uh, you know, things had to be addressed because as Alexis 
mentioned, you, you can't let certain things go unchecked. Yes, it's a way of doing things, um, but I also think that it is um, imperative that it's, it's pointed out. Um, uh, one of the things that I've learned over the course of my career and also just making sure that um, I'm not being reactionary is having someone that I can check my my reaction off of. So uh, another woman of color, maybe within the organization or who knows who I am, um, or it could be, you know, someone outside of the organization. So I can kind of frame my reaction or how I'm going to go about things without it being um, totally emotion, because we it's it's exhausting, you know, trying to uh, continuously correct these things or um, educate someone on that wasn't the best way to say that or um, trying to decipher exactly what they mean. That, that That's, I have enough work to do. I don't need to necessarily uh, teach you that as well. So if that needs to be a conversation, let that be a conversation and and maybe, you know, it won't happen again and or you'll think about it differently in the, in the next context. So my piece of advice for that is have someone that may be unbiased that can reel you back in and give you some advice on how exactly you should go about a situation. Because as you move throughout your career, you're going to see that there, it's not going to be just one time or one offs. And it's going to be a, a matter of you having the ability to um, um, address it in, in the most professional way possible, but most pointed way possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. And Aisha, what is your take on this one? It's interesting because I just uh, did a, a DE&I training at a company and a lot of these terms they weren't familiar with, right? They weren't familiar with microaggressions and the way I built up the, um, you know, them learning or understanding their bias, which could lead to them, um, with, to lead to them saying and doing things, even if it's unintentional because they're not aware. And what a lot of them, you know, it's like getting that level of self-awareness to recognize that our community, our first teachers, our family, sometimes these boxes that we've lived in has created these false ideas of what the world looks like or African-American looks like or women looks look like. So then you go into the world right after you transition from the household and now it's like a culture shock. Now you're recognizing or maybe not recognizing that what you're saying is, you know, a level of chauvinism. What you're saying is a microaggression. What you're saying is very, you know, it's teetering that point of discrimination or it is discriminatory, right? Um, so I think that if someone runs into that, um, because again, it, you might not be able to run to HR and say, hey, we need a microaggression tr aggression training. We need somebody to come in, which again, those options are there. But just like these ladies said, um, you want to definitely step back because unfortunately, you, you know, it's it's like playing uh, chess. And sometimes as a woman, you realize or you have to recognize sometimes or for me, I'm like, I want to respond a certain way. But unfortunately, because there's so much bias in this space, because you're expecting me to respond this way, I have to make sure, make sure I take a step back and, and really think before I respond or recognize again, even if I do respond in a way where, you know, I might be upset at that time. Hey, it is what it is, right? It, it happens. But of course you wanna take time and just again, um, you know, take a pause, step back. Hopefully you have a circle and people that you can connect with and ask, hey, what do you guys think about this? Just like the lady said, and really again, be strategic about your response 
response, recognize it's a level of accountability and hopefully you're at an organization or a company or you're in a space where accountability will happen because if it continues to happen, it needs to escalate. You need to report it. You need to say something. Um, and then of course, the reality is there might be some companies, organizations, spaces where you're like, you guys aren't going to hold these people accountable. So what I won't do is stay here and recognize that might be a season or a time for you to pivot somewhere where you want to feel safe, because I think it's important that we feel safe. We feel respected. The spaces that we, we are in, um, you know, there's a level of protection by leadership and those that are there to support us. Um, you know, if you see repeated type of situations, but essentially, um, definitely like pausing taking a step back because again we live in the world where we hope people are emotionally intelligent we hope people are aware of what they're saying we hope that they're like man dude don't you know how biased this is or how discriminate discriminatory this is but a lot of people don't recognize that so it's like we're having to navigate a world um where we ha we're going to experience it, experience these things um so really having that support system and and really finding strategic ways to respond and again being okay with reporting it and not staying in a toxic environment because again I've been guilty staying around too long and it keeps happening and I don't say anything when I finally do they're like why didn't you say none before I mean it's no fault of mine that I didn't say something before I just you know again I had my reasons but um, just really being okay to vocalize it and even pull into some that person to the side and say you know what you said was very offensive and here's why and breaking that down to them and having that comfortable or uncomfortable conversation to bring it to their awareness because there are some people that don't even realize their unconscious has them saying things that are so discriminatory and it's just like, dude, aren't you aware? Or sis, you're not even aware of this. So um, have those uncomfortable conversations as well. Definitely. And I, I have to ask you, um, in your experience, have you seen this issue more on the military side or more in jobs and careers outside of the military. <laughs> I've seen it everywhere. Um, you know, shout, you know, shout out to my previous church. But again, it was predominantly a church where um, it was predominantly white. And sometimes people thought that by saying like, you know, oh, girl, I was listening to them African drums. And okay, like, why would you even say that? Like, like do you think that's okay to say something about African drums? And I don't know. It's like, they, it's like their way of trying to connect and say, oh, you know, let's try to rap. And it's just like things they're doing just because I might be like the one black girl on the praise and worship team. Um, so I've seen it everywhere. And it's interesting okay. because in the military, I haven't experienced it. I have experienced it a little bit, but I've experienced it everywhere I went. <laughs> I have okay. everywhere. So that hasn't been a focal point of the microaggressions or the chauvinism I've seen. It's been everywhere. You know, it, you know it's been everywhere. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So uh, next question I want to ask is, how do you prepare the next generation of young women? Uh, for the biases and obstacles that they may have to face and overcome in this world as adults. Um, I know, you know, both uh, male and female, we have to have a lot of very tough conversations with the next generations that, that, you know, are coming up, whether it's dealing with the police, whether it's dealing with each other, whether it's how to navigate throughout the workplace. Um, so how are you all preparing young women um, for the challenges that they may face coming up? And Alexis, we'll start with you on this one. Um, like I said, I think that um, just having initial conversations and, and sharing your journey, you know, um, that's why forums like this are so important because um, there are a lot of gems that are being dropped here with these ladies. And 
Um, a young woman could benefit from listening to this. Any age woman would benefit from it because um, shared experiences are what really move us forward in life, right? So I would say, um, you know, continuing to um, educate others about obstacles that you have experienced in your career um, and just having honest conversation. I think that's the best way to do it. All right. And Aisha, what's your take on this one? Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it's um, um, having those conversations. I think that sometimes, like, you, we grew up in an age where um, our parents might have thought that sheltering us or not telling us information was a level of protection. But I think that we have to prepare our young women for the world they're going to face, just like we have to unfortunately do it for our Black boys. And, you know, share with them, okay, this is what the experience is going to look like. Because, again, you have a lot of people, again, that have lived in these pockets of their worldviews have been limited. And there have been parents or family members or community members or whoever um, supported them in their development that didn't have those, you know, I say riggedy raw, riggedy raw conversations. And again, there's a limit of what you want to say to them um, because, of course, you know, my daughter, she's nine. There's not, I can't talk to her from a, you know, like I would talk to a 16 year old. But I think the preparation and letting them know what the world looks like. And if, if you're not comfortable with having that conversation directly, it's putting on movies. I've seen people utilize movies as a way to say, let's watch this, let's have a conversation. And that opened up the dialogue, allowed perspectives to be shown. So I think the more that we start to have those riggedy raw, those honest conversations to prepare our young women of the world and what to expect and be prepared for it. And also, um, you know, and the beautiful thing is like, there's so many, uh, uh, spaces where they're having like uh, young girls groups and all these different spaces, which is, I didn't have that growing up, right? Um, and even connecting them with them those spaces so they can have a support system, not only as a mom, uh, but maybe other young girls and other great women, like these women on the panel, that they can connect with and say, hey, I have other people I can connect with and say, this is what I face. So, you know, it's just exposure, conversation, communication. And although we think we might be protecting our young girls, and there's a level of protection we want to give them. We want to also have those conversations with them to allow them to fully be equipped as much as possible when they do walk out that door and go to college or, you know, um, decide to leave the house and, and start life. How have you prepared them um, is going to be super important in um, them facing and navigating these uh, unfortunate situations that could happen or they could face. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Connie. Sure. Um, so one of the things that I believe is that you don't necessarily have to go through something to obviously understand or learn from it. Um, you know, generally, ger generationally, uh, we, we all haven't gone through the same thing. Biases and issues that we have at certain ages change just based off of the world changing. Um, so for our, our young girls and young women, um, having them be uh, confident in who and whose they are, um, I think will assist them, not totally shield them uh, when it comes to going out in the world and, you know, all things that are, are, are thrown at you. Um, there are situations that I'm sure my, my future daughter will go through that I probably can't speak to, just like, you know, my, my mom tells me about things that she's uh, experienced at, at my age. And, you know, I, I don't have any idea what she's talking about. So I think in terms of just ensuring that um, 
um, we we instill that uh, that that confidence and that that grounding of you know uh, speaking life into our young women and ensuring that they know um, who they are and, and who they are. It, it certainly will help, but um, uh, not to be pessimistic, but, you know, obviously biases will will be something that will come up and those conversations will have to be had um, to ensure that that they they know who they are. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, again, this this week is, is the ladies forum. But for the fellas that's watching, we got to do our part as well, you know, and, and helping them out with not just the, the generation that's coming up, but with the current generation and the generation before. Uh, we talked a lot about, you know, chivalry and uh, stepping up and letting your voice be heard last week when we had the men's forum. Um, and I, I think that's something that, you know, I can't say enough. We need more of it, you know, and more guys need to bring that back. You know, it's it's not whack, it's not lame, it's not soft, it's not any of that. You know, um, protecting our women, um, whether you know them or not, that's something that you should do just because, you know, it, it shouldn't you shouldn't have to have a reason or you shouldn't have to have a particular relationship with them. Um, and speaking of uh, men, as we transition, uh, this one I, I had to ask because I asked it last week on the men's forum. Uh, so it's only fair that I ask it this week. Uh, what are three things that women wish more men knew or understood about them? And uh, fellas, this is one where I would say grab your grab your uh, your notepads and your ink pens and take notes because I'm pretty sure we're about to get some gems dropped on this one. Uh, Aisha, we'll start with you. Well, you got to start with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the first one is. Um, it's not it's not like a one size fits all woman. Um, I've been blessed even for me to have a very close friend that even in her relationship, she so shows me a different example of a man of a woman and a woman. Right. She's the type of person that she actually likes to cut the grass. She's the one that goes out and does like the, the yard work and she loves it. She cuts the grass and then she comes into with a home cooked meal um, comes in. And that's her husband that made the home cooked meal. So I think that a, you know, men recognizing that all women are the same, right? And recognizing that, um, you know, we we all have different backgrounds. We don't necessarily like, I don't know, this feel like the shape of women um, has changed. And this idea that, you know, all women must be able to do this and all women must be able to do that. I, I don't think that that is a reality. Um, and it's just going and getting to know someone and really recognizing and learning their story, what shaped them um, and how that complements you, not solely in a relationship, but in a partnership and in a business. Um, you know, uh, the other thing that I've been talking a lot about is uh, we utilize this word, you are emotional. And we connect it to women. Man, stop being like a girl. Stop being like X, Y, and Z. Um, and what I do a lot, again, is with emotional intelligence is make people aware that we're all emotional. We've learned about emotions from a small lens of happy, sad, mad, right? Or women uh, respond this way. And that, again, that's not a one-size-fits-all woman. Um, so even recognizing that male men are emotional as well. It's just how people manage their emotions. We need to understand emotions from the array of what's on the emotional wheel and understand that we don't want to um, add this negative connotation to being emotional to women, but recognize we are all emotional and be able to praise a woman that shows up like a boss in the workplace, just like a man shows up, shows up like a quote unquote boss. So that emotional side, I think, is highly important as well. And, you know, again, finally, 
the idea that women can wrong can run with the big dogs. Um, again, there's no one size fits all woman. I mean, uh, one size fits all, yeah, type of woman. So being able to feel comfortable enough to allow or to, I won't even say allow, like open up doors. Like I know you tend to start a business, you think about your boy and doing this, you think about doing it with a, uh, a gentleman, but you want to start to open up opportunities where women can provide insight, be a part of your partnerships, be a part of your businesses, um, because we have so many great ideas that could benefit your business, your brand, what you're building in so many ways outside of solely being your wife. So you have some women that you can partner up with and you can do some really, really, really great things. So, I mean, I guess to encompass all that, there's no one size fits all women. You need to get to know them from a different lens and recognize we come from come in all different shapes, sizes, backgrounds, experiences. Um, so stop putting us in a box and start to get us get to know us for the gifts and the wonderfulness that we bring and all types of relationships, businesses, and so on. Nice, nice. All right, Connie, going to you next. Um, I, I think that uh, was uh, a point that I'd like to, one of the points I'd like to reiterate as well with um, putting women in a box. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I hate generalizations um, when it comes to many things, but certainly as it pertains to what I should be, because automatically I'm I'm going to rebel against that just in terms of personality. But uh, putting someone in a box, say you should do this, you should, um, um, you know, have have this type of job, or you should um, be able to cook X Y Z. I mean, yes, those things could be important depending on the relation of, of who you're with, but it's not a requirement in terms of uh, uh, being in a relationship or, or, or being more of a woman. So um, seeing the person for who they are uh, and who what they bring to the table and understanding that the gender roles are, are obsolete. Like there are people that um, still believe that men should do certain things and, and women should do certain things and that's fine. But as far as me <laughs> in, in terms of who I, I would choose to be with, I know that there are, um, there are probably things that I, I, I don't do or do that aren't, aren't normal. Um, so definitely seeing someone as a person and who they are from their book of experiences and their strengths and, how you compliment, how they are complimented to your life and vice versa is, is very important. Um, secondly, women aren't that complicated. At least I don't think they are. We pretty much say what we want or what we, what we need and what we want out of something or out of a situation, out of a relationship. Um, it's just a matter of it being offered and, and how that's gone about. But Women are are pretty much vocal in terms of what we want, and it's it, making it making us out to be complicated than we are. I think is a cop out. Like we we pretty much are straightforward in in that regard. Um, and then I don't know if this necessarily goes into the the question, but um, uh, consistency and just keeping it simple. Um, that is, again, going back into the, we're not complicated uh, sort of thing. So um, it, it's really, really not that that hard. I think it just takes communication um, and understanding that 
you know, you're having to uh, actually listen to the person and vice versa um, and being on the same page. And I, I think that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, those are things. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, and Alexis. <laughs> I want to start just snapping for the ladies because they were really just dropping those gems now. And so I'll wrap it up with my quick three. Um, I mean, there'll probably be a lot of overlap because um, like Connie just said, it's really not that hard. <laughs> Very simple. Um, but one of the things I want to highlight is that um, when it comes to truth telling, I think that men need to understand that women are not that fragile. Like we want it straight. We want the honesty. Tell us what time it is. We'll tell you what time it is. Um, so, so many times the game, the games come up because they're afraid to just keep it real. And, you know, it's not going to break me to know that you're dating other people. It's going to let me know where I need to be. Okay, you're still dating other people. I need to be dating other people as well. Just having, like, honest conversations and just being truthful, especially when you start dating in your 30s, it's like, it's real easy to kind of like pick through people because you can tell how real they are by just like how honest they are. You you just start to really set some people out. So that's one. And then I would say um, two, especially being in the DMV area, um, there's some powerful women here. There are powerful women across the world, but there are some powerful women in DC. We're doing things. And so, um, there's there's this void i think for a lot of men who are looking for women who are like a little bit more like dependent or something and we are like holding our own careers have our own houses a lot of us are raising children and different things like that we're managing it all and so it's like there's i i see there's like this set of men that just kind of like are looking for me looking for a woman who wants i don't know to just like fully depend on them and it's like no, we got it. We, what we're seeking is partnership. So if you want someone to partner with, then that's great. If that's not what you're looking for, then can really help you. <laughs> and then the last thing I was going to say, um, I think that men should be aware of is that we are looking for someone who is going to make time. You know, time is one of the most important things that you can give to a partnership, a relationship of any sort. So um, make sure that you're showing your love and your your affection with your time. Those will be my three. Nice, nice. Fellas, there you have it. Can't say you don't know. They just laid it out. Y'all the complicated ones. <laughs> just give it to straight. Straight shooters. <laughs> All right, fellas, take notes. Put it in your phones, record it, whatever you need to do. They just gave it to you live and uncut straight talk no chaser oh man don't go anywhere stay right here for the other half of this message that'll be back to you in one second I want to personally invite you to our Emotional Intelligence Mastery Class Phase 1. Now, you might be wondering, why do I need emotional intelligence? Well, that is the secret sauce to business communication, to engaging your team, to leadership. And the reality is EQ outperforms IQ. So I want you to join us as we go through two hours of great information that helps you get to the next level in 2021 and beyond. Get the tools, the strategies, understand business 
communication. Understand how you can implement and how you coach or how you support your team members. And don't waste time now because we have it at a special rate. So go to actleadconsulting.com backslash emotional intelligence. Again, go to actleadconsulting.com backslash emotional intelligence and sign up today. So now, as we get ready to wrap up, have a few lighter questions. We got through all of the tough questions. <laughs> so I want to ask, um, how have you held up throughout this pandemic? And what are some things that you've done to stay positive and keep going? I know this has been a really hot topic for everybody as we were living our lives, going about our regular routines. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody just flipped the switch and the whole world changed. Um, so Alexis, we'll start with you on this one. Okay, uh, anybody who knows me knows this has been a struggle <laughs> for me. I am an extreme extrovert. Um, you know, I have an event planning company for a reason. I love hosts. I just love the energy of having people around me and then to, you know, be dropped in a situation where I'm pretty much in this house with these four walls and my cat every single day, day in and day out. It has been a struggle. Um, so it's God that has gotten me through this mainly and then, you know, trying to find outlets. Um, I, I, I flow through different um, sort of interests, right? So I'll get really into cooking. So then my Instagram, every story you're going to see is like me cooking something. And then next, I'm like exercising like crazy. I try to keep that one up, but, you know, it comes and goes. And so, you know, really focusing on my fitness. And then I'll go from that to other smaller things. Like I was making waist at one point. I was making floral arrangements. You name it. Like I've literally done everything that there is to do. My making banana bread. I hear that that's really popular um, on Instagram. People are making a lot of banana bread, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that I, one of the most important things that I have done that I realized because of the pandemic that I was not doing is I really intimately like tap into my personal relationships. Right? So like not just the Facebook, Hey girl, you're looking good in the comments or like whatever, like making time to call and talk to people, you know, like slow down and really take an interest in what's happening with, and, and that goes so far, you won't believe, not only for that person, but for yourself, you know? So really um, like just zoning in on my family, um, my relationship with my parents, I feel is like much better than it's ever been because we are, all, we are all actively making time together with each other. I started doing a workout Wednesdays with my parents. So that was a big thing on Instagram um, nice. and Wednesday posting the workouts and stuff. So, you know, finding ways to strengthen bonds with loved ones, get some new hobbies and just stay, stay in your prayer closet. Cause this has been difficult for a lot of people. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Aisha, how about you? Well, I hear you guys say you're uh, extroverts. I'm the introvert. So the pandemic <laughs> was wonderful. No, no, it wasn't wonderful. I'm just joking. But um, I think that for me, um, you know, again, I, I always talk about how in 2020 it was like, it's the year of vision. It's about to be popping. Um, and I think it did still end up being a year of vision. 
it just looked a lot different differently than we expected. Um, and for the pandemic, there was a lot of self-reflection that I needed to do because I was an introvert. Like I had to get up and go to work and see these amazing um, ladies that I was working with at the time. Now I'm in another role and it kind of helped me maintain relationships. Well, when I got in my bubble, I naturally just kind of came to myself, my kids, I got everything that I need. So I had to as well really build on um, relationships and that that season really allowed me to get closer to myself, um, really allowed me to slow down and really reflect on some areas that I needed to work on in regards to maintaining relationships, not only re relationships with others, but also with myself and um, really putting my best foot forward to really, again, maintain and build those. Um, and again, I, I recognize like my, my system and my I'm big on systems and patterns and out, that was all thrown off. So I wasn't getting as much sleep. Then I poured myself so much into my business that I started to neglect time with like quality time mm -hmm. with my children. Um, so I think for me, again, it was just really relational and really starting to work on how do I still make, make sure that I'm maintaining boundaries, not get into my bubble where I'm not maintaining relationships, calling people where I'm not spending quality time because yes, I'm physically here with my children, but my children, when they see me in the office, my daughter was always the one reminding me like, you're always working. You're always, and of course she doesn't know that I'm working, like I'm working from the office, but then I would spend another five, six hours on my business because it really just boomed during the pandemic. So again, it was just really relational building with self and others. Um, and now because on the other side, I was challenging people. I was like, don't go back. Like you learned so much about yourself. You've grown, you've developed, but now once the world opens back up, don't go back into the old routine because you're healthier, you're smarter, you're closer with your loved ones. And now once, you know, everything starts happening, don't lose that. Dis I mean, don't um, yeah, start to be distant again. So for me, it was relational. And um, my goal is regardless of how the world pivots to still maintain that, um, that relationship with myself, as well as the relationship with family and friends. Nice, nice. And Connie, how have uh, you pivoted throughout this pandemic? Go ahead. I think you're still muted. There you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so to be, to be truthful, I'm really an ambivert. I, I float back and forth. Um, uh, people think I'm lying, like, oh, you're totally an extrovert. Uh, but it takes me a couple of days after I'm all out there to kind of recharge. So truly an ambivert, like I'm INFJ when it comes to the Myers-Briggs, um, um, breakdown or personality breakdown. When COVID hit, I was, again, avid traveler. I'm a, a meeting planner for a trade association in D.C., so I traveled quite a bit, not only for work, but also personally. So by the time, this time last year, I was probably already on my seventh or eighth trip um, in okay. in. 2020. I, it was, it was a year I was going to get that companion pass. Okay. I was, I was determined. Um, <laughs> but COVID hit and we thought it was just going to be a couple of weeks. So I was the one that implemented uh, workout routines. I, I mean, I was food prepping. I was, I was motivated. And then it was like around mid April. I was like, I'm over this. Um, but 
it was a opportunity for me to slow down. I think uh, over this past year, this has been the most that I've sat still, uh, literally probably prior to college, um, where I wasn't going anywhere. I, I had to um, kind of find things to do that were local and safe or just stay inside. Uh, one of the things that looking back and reflecting on 2020, someone mentioned on LinkedIn, uh, last year that 2020 was the world's gap year, which in, in thinking about it, it was the year of pause. It was the year of us becoming more introspective. It was the year of us um, being more cognizant of the people around us and doing things that not only benefit ourselves, but also will help other people. Although some people got that message and others did not, and we're still working on that. But um, for the most part, it was a, a year of um, of a lot of introspection and looking, also looking outside of ourselves. So um, what was important for me is to begin to take care of myself. Um, health became important, although I, I, Chick-fil-A is still, still, still number one, but um, just just being more cognizant of my mental health um, and my physical health. So like four months into the year, I started going to therapy um, consistently. Um, that that in, in prayer and God, of course, um, but mental health and getting some support in terms of what you're going through was something that was, I, I probably would have gone crazy um, in last year, had I not had that unbiased um, support um, on, on a regular basis, where I looked forward to those conversations where I could just pour out what I was feeling and, and have, um, um, you know, the, the, those thoughts that um, good, bad, indifferent, or just what I'm going through as, as a person uh, in this pandemic was, was I, I can't even begin to tell you. I, I'm sure my friends are like, if Connie brings up therapy one more time, <laughs> you're over her talking about therapy. But it's it's something that I know that I'll continue to to um, have, and and I know that has been beneficial for me in terms of um, just being uh, uh, supported and, and and feeling like I'm supported. Um, but yeah, just taking care of myself and looking at things from a, a different point of view and the things that were important to you or thought you that were you thought were important to you and when they went away you found out that they they really weren't or those relationships that were maybe superficial and you saw them based off of you being at a certain place and then that went away was it really that important so it was a lot of questions and um answers frankly that that were were founded in 2020. It's and the pandemic overall. So it's it's been eye opening. Um, I'm ready for the world to open up. Obviously, um, uh, I think it really hit the fan when it became winter and it, it was cold and you really couldn't go anywhere. That's when it got bad for me. I I think all the other times or all the other months previously, it was fine because I still go outside. But when I say I've gone outside the last four days just because it's been nice and being able to get out the confounds of my apartment it's i'm i'm ready um so yeah gotcha gotcha yeah it's um 
it's it's been man i don't even know how to sum it up like like you say eye opening in so many different respects um you know but shout out to everybody that found a coach or a counselor or a mentor or a therapist like mental health is so so super important um, and I, I've seen scores and scores of people say that this is the first time in their life, you know, that they found someone to to talk to and to share with and to bounce ideas off of, um, you know, in the, the first episode that we had this season, you know, I had a therapist on and we talked about, you know, how many people, uh, how many new clients that she saw, you know, during the pandemic. So I, I think it's it's pretty widespread, you know, across the map that people have realized, okay, I'm sitting in here. I'm stuck with my thoughts. I'm stuck with these four walls. I need to talk to somebody, <laughs> you know? So shout out to everybody who took that major step in and got that help. And, you know, it's keep it going, keep it going. Like I can't stress enough how important emotional and mental health is. All right. Uh, next up we have outside of family, what women have made the biggest impact on your life and why? And uh, Alexis, we'll start with you on this one. Ooh, that's a tough one. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Outside of family, what women made the biggest impact on life? Um, I would have to say um, outside of Kamala Harris, because we already covered her. She's inspirational to so many of us. Um, I would say uh, Coretta Scott King and what she did to really further the legacy of Martin Luther King after his passing. Um, I think is a, a huge example to all of us that behind every great man, there's a great woman. And, um, you know, outside of her, I would say uh, Musely Dante. I, I know she's the obvious one for a lot of people, but like, talk about a powerhouse, you know? Um, <laughs> I feel like there's some virtual snaps happening in the podcast atmosphere because y'all love Beyonce, let's be clear. But, um, you know, a woman who is self-made about her business um, has had pitfalls in her, you know, relationship life, but, you know, used it to, to help other women, you know? So that's how we empower others by sharing our stories like we've been talking about. Um, and, and, and through such a powerful medium and music, she's killing it with Ivy Park. Um, you know, she's just putting all black women on to the fact that we have the power to be whatever it is we imagine ourselves to be. So I'm super influenced by her. Um, I'm on the spot. This could probably go on and on, but I'll stop there so the other ladies can share. <laughs> all right, Connie, we'll go to you next. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I, I I didn't touch it. Um, so, um, yeah, outside of family, I'll, I'll start from um, I guess my my immediate circle or just growing up. Um, um, I uh, looking back, I had a lot of influences um, in in terms of um, uh, teachers and 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 um, principals like my, I actually met one of my best friends because her mom was my elementary school principal and she was like I think you all should be friends um, like uh, uh, so just women along the way that have um, poured into me outside of 
course my family and, and me looking up to my mom and, and the other bomb women in, in my family. Um, but just those those people that have strategically kind of pushed me along the way or, or, or guided, you know, my path. Um, I still talk to my um, my program director from undergrad. You know, that was 15, almost 20 years ago. Um, I still talk to um, old, obviously old bosses that I, I take their leadership styles and, and, you know, from my very first job and I still keep in touch with them. Um, so I'd, being the new kid, and I think I, I mentioned this earlier where I was the federal government brat, being the new kid, I had no problem with seeking out, <laughs> seeking out some relationships or mentorships. Like I can learn something from you. Um, want to go to lunch or uh, get coffee or something. Um, so I, 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 I gravitate towards those people. And, you know, obviously to, to when it comes to women and you see something in someone, you want to know how did they, how did they get there? Or um, what, what along their path that we have some similarities that they can either teach me or I can be, you know, influenced in some other way. Um, so I, I try to find that in, 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 in many facets, but I've, I've been pointed to do that um, throughout uh, just life in general, um, because women are the bomb. Um, and then in terms of pop culture, I mean, yes, Alexis, I'm, I'm a part of the Beehive, so Beyonce, Beyonce or bust. Um, of course, uh, can we, I, I know it was Kamala's day, can, but can we just stand for Michelle? and how she walked out <laughs> and and totally served on uh, uh, Inauguration Day. I mean, I was in here by myself yelling, looking a mess, but yelling at the screen when I saw her walk out with with those curls and that that outfit. I, she she is the epitome of of elegance, poise, intelligence um when 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 they go low we go high even though still working on that um but she is she is just like i, I stand i when she did her book tour i cried i mean i cried when i saw barack on the campaign trail in 2012 when i was in wisconsin but i i cried when i saw her at the at the Capital One Center, or whatever it's called now, um, like literally boohooing by myself. <laughs> I was like, she doesn't even know I'm here, but I'm so like touched by her presence and who she is as a woman and how influential influential she has been on many generations. Um, I, I can't, I can't. I, I, she's just awesome. So uh, Michelle would be at the top for me um, in terms of folks are, are, are women that is influential outside of family and pop culture. Nice, nice. Forever first lady. All right, Aisha. Wow, Beyonce, bzz, come through Beehive. Okay. Um, but for me, same thing. And there are a lot of women that cross my path. Um, of course, my mom, she was the first entrepreneur I see. I'm West African born, born in a country called uh, Sierra Leone. Well, the country's Freetown. I'm sorry, it's Freetown. Freetown's the capital, but it's from Sierra, um, from Sierra Leone. Um, but she was the entrepreneur, first entrepreneur I saw. She has a, I'm a junior. I tell people I'm a junior. I don't actually have junior, but her name's Aisha as well. But Aisha, hair salon, I saw this just amazing woman 
managing a hair salon and then even leaving everything that she had from um, one country, you know, with my father and coming here and just building and grinding. My mother was a maid at the Colony South Hotel in Waldorf, Maryland. Um, she just was a grinder. So, you know, shout out to my mom for leading that example. Her strength um, really just resonates um, within me and my other sisters. I have three sisters as well. Shout out to them for doing some some awesome things AJ Katie Sally um shout out to 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 mama Aisha um you know I have teachers that were just dynamic Miss Hassan um Miss Hassan shout out to her she 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 made me know that I had a voice um at uh, unfortunately when I was in high school I was a um I was the victim of uh sexual violence and she was the first teacher that I felt safe enough to even tell her what happened and she gave me a voice she said it was okay go report it what happened to you shouldn't have happened. Um, and she just really empowered me in that in that season. She was like the best teacher that I had. So if anybody know where Miss Hassan is, Suitland High School, um, I went to a, like this performing arts uh, center there. So if, if Miss Hassan is around y'all, y'all out there, Suitland High School out in, uh, what's that? I forgot what part of Maryland that is. Please find Miss Hassan for me because I've been trying to find her like for so long. But her, um, the women in the military that I saw that were high ranking and I had never seen that before, seeing them doing their thing inspired me. Uh, Sarah Fontenot, um, she was the first businesswoman I saw. My first business, she just was. Ex she just exposed me to so much life and love about business, and and just mm -hmm. seeing her move and saying yes to purpose um, inspired me to start getting on the path that I'm on now. And even like my friends now, Andrell, um, Denise, like all these amazing women I've been around, there have been pockets and a, a shout out to star, uh, senior Pacheco Pate, right? Um, Veronica Pacheco Pate, she was my last supervisor. And even in that season, it's like God has been able to bring women into my life in every season I'm in. And they've been able to touch me in a way to get me to the woman that I am today. So shout out to them. Um, so yeah, so many. And that's why I say it's so important for exposure, for you to say yes to purpose, for you to grow and develop because there is a young woman coming up that needs you um, to kind of help guide her. God's going to use you to really bless that person in that moment. Um, so yeah, there's so many different names, but those are the people that can pop in my head. And of course, like Beyonce, dope. Um, and another thing, watching a lot of these movies, from, you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, um, Fred Hampton. And you hear about these icons and these men that were able to do so many things. But the women that when they lost, you know, the love of their life, when the, the, that person had to go out and, and you know, uh, give so much mm -hmm. to the world and to their community that held it down in the household. And even when their lives were taken, um, they still were able to maintain and keep their legacy alive. Martin Luther King Day wouldn't happen if, the you know, Coretta Scott King didn't keep pushing forward and hearing from uh, Malcolm X's daughter like even today and how she's pushing his message and we're just learning so much about these uh black men these icons these powerful men but the women behind them um that has been what's been resonating me re resonating to me so much more especially watching um jesus and the black uh the the black messiah movie with um that focus on Fred Hampton's, um, you know, life and his death. So shout out to them um, because, again, we have to remember, like, women, we might be behind the scenes, but we we are doing some amazing things behind that. So that that has been, I've been in my, like, black power, you know, power to the people kind of mode recently. So definitely those women that hold it down um, that might not be seen, but they're moving mountains behind the scenes. 
Definitely, definitely. Oh, man, y'all caught out some amazing names, both known and unknown. Um, I think it's so dope that you have so many people, you know, that you can name that have been impactful in your life. Um, you know, I think a lot of people don't really sit down and think about questions like that. You know, we've, we've pulled something from everyone that we've encountered along the way, you know, but I think sometimes people kind of forget, oh, man, I didn't learn this until I came across such and such, or, you know, I used to be this way, but such and such brought this out of my character, you know? So I think that's dope when you ask people that question and, you know, they can kind of go back and reflect and see the people that have helped shape them along the way. All right. And as we uh, bring it to a close, I like to ask, uh, what encouragement do you have for the women struggling to find their voice and purpose? I know Aisha just touched on it a little bit um, on the last question, uh, but I really want to give you all an opportunity to speak to, you know, the women that are watching as well as those that will listen um, when the podcast is uploaded. Um, what encouragement do you have for the, for the women that are struggling to find their voice and their purpose? And Alexis, we'll start with you. Um, I would say that um, if you're struggling to find your voice, I think um, it's it's so important to think about who is around you, right? So you want to have a circle around you that uplifts you, you know, that supports you. And if you come up with an idea and you want to go after it, they're not tearing you down. They're they're pushing you forward, pushing you closer to your dreams. So um, I'm so grateful, and I think one of the reasons that I've just enjoyed my experience here in the DMV so much is that I have a killer group of women around me. Shannon knows one of them very well. <laughs> Happens to be fiance. Um, but yeah, like I, we we all have these same kind of conversations like we're having right now. We have these at our, at our dinner tables, uh, our sofas, usually with wine, um, you know, and we're just, we're kicking a lot of things around what's happening to us in the workplace. Um, I'm able to, ha like a lot of things that I'm in, encountering in my, my work life, I'm able to talk to them and we can work through it together and they share their experiences. So, so the greatest thing you have to offer is your personal experience and what you've gone through and to share that with another young woman um that will help her along in her journey to find what her true purpose is and and potentially what what her voice will be so i would say um try to make sure that you are um finding like-minded women um and, 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 you know, just doing things that are going to uh, elevate your mind and elevate your thinking. I think that that's what I would recommend to a young woman. Nice. All right, Connie, uh, what's your take on this one? So um, first and foremost, um, letting them understand that their, their voice matters and it's important. Um, and it's imperative that they utilize it, um, even if it's shaky, even if in the moment um, you're, you're not as confident in saying what you um, want to say, it's it's important that your voice is heard because that'll come over time. Um, I <laughs> Another thing tying back into therapy, um, I actually was having a conversation with our president and CEO and you know, I was bringing up concerns to her 
And I literally said that I was finding my adult voice because 24 year old Connie and 34 year old Connie, year old Connie are two different people um, in terms of how I want to uh, use my voice, convey my voice and um, in the spaces that I know that it's important. And um, I think that again, sometimes you, you don't realize what you're saying that could be your tie in to someone else or they may be thinking the same thing or on the same page and you may be influencing them or encouraging them and you don't even know it. So um, there's, there's a lot of weight uh, when it comes to using our voice and I think we should use it wisely, but nonetheless, it's in. Great info, great info. All right, and last but not least, Aisha. Yeah, I remember the day that I decided that I wanted to start to uh, really vocalize and really use my voice more open. Um, you know, there was a Dr. Ford who was sitting in a group um, of men in a Senate building to share her experience with someone that was about to be sworn in to be a Supreme Court justice. And regardless of what side you were on, if you felt she was lying or selling, telling the truth, what impacted me that moment was what happened after she shared her voice. I mean, she shared her story. She opened her voice. As much scrutiny that she was getting, as much, you know, um, she knew her family was going to be changed after this. She knew that all over the world, people were watching what she was saying. It was what happened afterwards. Her sharing her story made other women start to come out and say, listen, I had this sexual violence happen to me. Um, parents started to have conversation with their young girls and their children that they never had before. Um, young men started to recognize, ooh, that might have not been right. That might have been chauvinism or I didn't recognize this was happening in my community or to women in the college campus or whatever. Um and that moment changed me. I remember being, and I was, I wasn't supposed to be watching it, y'all. I was in my uniform in my office. I'm back there like, is my boss coming? I'm listening and I'm in tears, right? <laughs> I'm not wearing we're supposed to watch it. So yeah, I'm gone from there now so I can talk about it. But I'm in tears and I'm like, I'm seeing people saying that my, my sister never shared this story. She never talked to me about this. And that is the power of your voice. And I knew that day I wanted to share my story. I knew that day how much my voice mattered. And, you know, just like was said earlier, your voice does matter. If it wasn't the voice of the women I had been around, them deciding to say yes to purpose, even though as hard as it might have been, I would not be where I am today. I, I had outlined some women that I crossed paths with and they faced a lot of challenges. They struggled. They ran into issues. But whatever work they did, they still continue to show up in the spaces they were in. It was allowing me to truly um, go on this amazing path that I've been on to get to where I am today. So that's why your voice matters. Your voice matters because it's not solely for you. It's for the purpose you have. It's for the people you're supposed to touch. It's for the lives you're supposed to touch. It's for the impact that you're going to make. You're looking at a, a sexual uh, assault a, a survivor started at five years old. You're looking at somebody that is a suicide survivor, somebody that contemplated suicide before. You're looking at somebody that is been divorced. You're looking at somebody that has been broken. You have looked at somebody that even wished death upon herself, even as she was raising these two beautiful children. So if you don't think your purpose matters, you don't matter. Your voice doesn't matter. It is. And the reason why I vocalize this story so much is because I need to show you what's possible. These women need to show you what's possible. Kamala Harris needs to show you what's possible. So I know I'm on a mission to make you recognize and know the importance of your voice. Um, and again, I saw what it did 
it from me and I need to use my voice so it can impact the masses. So that's why we need you to share your story. That's why you need to utilize your voice. And that's why you matter. Okay. I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> wow. That's, that's all I can say is wow. Um, man. Yeah. Your, your, your voice is, is so needed. Um, hell, I even did a whole episode on why your voice matters. You know, every single person walking this earth has a story. You know, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what demographic you fall in. Every single person has a story. And there's somebody that's going through the same fight, that's going through the same trauma, that's going through the same battles, that can learn something from your story of how you went through and even more importantly, how you overcame. Um, so, you know, whether you write about it, you do an anonymous blog, you do a podcast, you write a book, whatever the case may be, just understand that, you know, you didn't go through what you went through for nothing. You didn't you didn't win that battle. You didn't get that that victory for nothing. There's somebody that you can help out there uh, with your story and allow them to walk into their victory. Um, so, yeah, that that was very, very powerful. Um, as we wrap up, um, Alexis, I want to give you a chance at this time to um, let everybody know about your business, um, you know, what it is that you offer and how they can reach out and contact you as well. Absolutely. Uh, thank you again for having me. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My business profile is Bells and Whistles DC. Um, a little bit about what we do, boutique event company and um, whatever your needs are, reach out to me and we can let you know how we can help you improve upon your event and delivery. So um, again, you can find me on Instagram. I also have my personal account, Jet Set Lex. Either way, um, you can reach me in my DM. All right. And Aisha. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, of course, you can follow me on all platform. I'm at, at Miss Aisha Thomas, M-S-A-I-S-H-A Thomas. Um, again, leadership uh, and um, emotional intelligence. So unlocking your leadership style, understanding the benefit of um, understanding how you show up in spaces and how you can grow and develop and really develop those blind spots so you can um, take your business, your brand, your family, you know, yourself to the next level. So please reach out to me. I'm at AishaThomas.org. I'm here to help you grow develop um and like i said you know please you know utilize that voice out there um and and the more that you unpack and grow and really work on the things that maybe you've experienced that you might again that might just be that thing that you need to get past for you to get to that next level for you to feel more confident um i would love to support you in that area so uh yeah appreciate you again always love to shannon because again he's a door opener he opens his platform for women um, and more men that do that and more people that create spaces like that is as I, I really think it's extremely important. So fellas, fellas, follow this, follow this young man right here because he's doing great things. Um, so appreciate you for having me. So what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? You know, I like to have this reflection piece where we sit and really process the information that we just received. I love getting mental food, right? And I always tell people we have these buffets of information that we get, but you can't consume all that information at once or you consume it, but you don't really like retain it effectively. So what have you learned? How can you apply this information? And even if you think you can't, you can. 
I always do a lot of work with the DEI space, diversity, equity, inclusion. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is the power of our worldview and how for a lot of us, our worldviews are limited to the experiences that we had. If you've lived in the same neighborhood, maybe you've never traveled, maybe you've never listened to stories about different demographics and people from different backgrounds. So you're limited and you don't truly understand the perspective of others if you don't do that. But if you're well-rounded and you're having conversations and you're listening to stories and you're listening to these different perspectives from other people, you start to get an understanding and saying, you know what? I thought I was different. We're really similar. Or I didn't know your experience was like that. And now when you're connecting with these people in the workspaces, you're seeing these individuals in your community, you have a different understanding and respect for that, for that person. And that's super important. So continue to show up, listen to these different perspectives, regardless if you're a male, this applies to you, regardless of if you're a female, it applies to you too, because although we might look the same or might be of the same skin tone, it doesn't mean that we've had the same experiences. So learn more from one another. Let's grow, let's build, let's be those change agents. And again, I always appreciate you tapping in and listening to this podcast. So make sure you leave a review. Share this with somebody that you think might benefit from this information or somebody else that you're like, you know what, let's be about that expanding our worldview life. So let's share these with all our friends. So appreciate you all. As always, message me, DM me at Miss Aisha Thomas on podcast platforms, excuse me, not podcast platforms, but on social media platforms. Reach out to me there. I have a YouTube channel at The Miss Isha that you guys can check out, or you can shoot me an email at info at aishathomas.org and reach out. And, you know, I hope that this information has impacted you in some kind of way. So as always, have a great week and I will see you next week with another episode. Bye-bye.